Welcome to the 5-Minute Bible Study Podcast. This ain't your grandma's podcast. Well, how are you on this Monday afternoon? This is Aaron. I'm your host on the 5-Minute Bible Study Podcast. have an exciting episode for you guys today. This kind of came about randomly. I was going to the gym on Friday, I think it was, and I was just thinking, as I typically do, about some of the relationships between physical exercise, like I just got done doing at that time, and the spiritual exercises that I was about to go start doing from that point when I got home. I work from home as a preacher, and so a lot of days um, I do a lot of those spiritual exercises, ironically, from my chair. But anyways, the more I thought about it, the more I, I considered that, man, this is a great opportunity for Chance Dyer to come back on the podcast. Haven't had him on in a while, so a perfect opportunity because Chance likes to work out. We talk about it quite a bit. Um, so I hope that you guys really enjoy this. If you do like lifting weights, if you like running, if you like doing anything physical exercise, I think this is really going to relate to you. And I really encourage you to think about these things next time that you're in the gym or out and about wherever you do that. If you're not into exercise, consider these things about another reason why you should be. Now, I'm not acting like I'm an exercise freak or anything. I, in fact, I, I have to make myself exercise a lot until I get back in the routine. I think that speaks for everyone. Uh, and I've been more out of the routine recently than I've been in it. But every time I'm back in the routine and trying to get back at it, the more I'm reminded of how much this really does affect and contribute to my spiritual well-being. So take these things in consideration, and without further delay, we're going to have a commercial, and then we'll get right into the main dis- <laughs> the main dish with Chance Dyer. The daily grind of preaching is real. It's difficult to keep up with the constant schedule of writing sermons, preaching before the congregation, visiting the sick, and still having energy left over to share important time with your family. So we look to street dealers. I mean, sorry, I meant to say kinesiology, nutritionist, and exercise science experts to adapt a pre-workout for preachers that rivals the ones used in the Strongest Man contest. We took everything into consideration, including the need for something that's quick for on the go. You don't want to have to mix a shake together and put it in the blender. I mean, what preacher has time for that, really? The preacher's pre-workout powder is as quick as you can snort it. No dirty blenders. Like we always say, less mess, less stress. You just pour a two to three inch line of this stuff on the counter, snort it right up, and you're ready to go to your next Bible study. Consumers have said they've never been more hyped for a marriage counseling session. The energy you get from this stuff, it's like, I don't know what else to compare it to besides drugs. And I know what you're thinking. It does sound like it's straight up drugs, but it's not. You've never heard a chapter study from Leviticus until you've heard it from a preacher who just snorted the preacher's pre-workout powder. This stuff is unreal. It's just like crack, but without the label. For your free sample, just message us at thepreacherspreworkout at gmail.com. Get yours today. Do not attempt crossing international borders with this substance on your person. Please only consume under the close care of a licensed cardiologist. Do be prepared to have to increase the dose every three to four weeks to maintain desired effect and energy. This is a fake ad. Don't do drugs. If you need help with substance recovery, please reach out for assistance. And we're back. Chance, how are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. It's been uh, over a year since Chance was on the podcast. And uh, what have you been doing in that year time frame? Well, I've gotten married in that last year. 
my first anniversary will be November 12th. So got a new job because of getting married. So that's going great. So a few new things here and there. Yeah, your fan club uh, is just buzzing to know all this. I got so many emails asking, where's Chance? What's Chance doing? Uh, is he a physical therapist yet? Um, is he single? And sorry, all you ladies, um, he's taken. He's off the market. He's got a profession now. But enough about all that. So one thing that you've also been doing is you've been working out. Yes, yes, I've been working out. And I think this is a very timely podcast because with all those life changes that I've had here, it's <clears throat> been an endeavor to try to maintain my workout and just figure out how it's going to fit into my new life. Anytime you have big life changes, you know, keeping consistency is always hard. You're telling me that getting married like changes your schedule and stuff? Getting married definitely changes your schedule. You have a lot more new responsibilities and just you want to spend time with your husband or wife, whoever, you know, vice versa. I feel like you're just having struggles and maybe you're the only person that experiences this. That's probably the case. I'm I'm just not very good at this whole marriage thing. <laughs> Take it from somebody that's never been married before. You're just struggling over here. Um <laughs> Well, glad to have you on, and um, I actually have not been, I'm just going to be honest to all you guys listening, I, I'm not as faithful a uh, gym goer as Chance is. I wish I was. Really, if y'all knew him, he gets after it, and he's very disciplined compared to me. I mean, but yeah, you'll admit that you're, you fall as well. You, you've fallen short of the glory of God in the gym. Yes, most definitely, most definitely. Um, I guess before we get going, though, I guess people that are probably going to listen to this episode are going to be people that probably enjoy exercise or maybe they're trying to exercise. I'm just guessing. So for you, like if you're going to go work out what, and, and you could do anything you want, um, what would you do? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good way to put me on the spot. So I was telling you earlier that something that I wish I could go back to is I guess it was about a year and a half ago. What I was doing is I was working out twice a day and I was doing my cardio in the morning and then I was lifting at night because when I, I worked second shift at the time. So I wanted to do my lifting after work. And I, I really liked that. I was doing a six day push pull leg split and that was probably the, the best workout routine that I've that I've had. Push-pull leg split is Greek, so if y'all didn't understand that, that's the ancient biblical language. Um, that's why you didn't understand that. <laughs> we won't go into exactly what that is. I, I only understand what he's talking about because he's told me about what a push-pull routine is. But otherwise, um, if you're like me, you go in and you do the same exercises pretty much every single time you go into the gym and there's very little variation. But um, what about deadlifts? Do you like deadlifts? Deadlifts? It depends on the day. I I'm, I'm I do like legs. I do enjoy legs. Uh, my least favorite thing to do is by far curls. I hate curls. I know that's contrary. Oh man, that's gonna. Um, ooh, I feel like that's what most guys like to do. I think that's a hot take, Aaron. I really think that's a hot take. Well, hot take would mean that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so I got. I'm, I'm sorry, I had like a brain fart there, and now I'm back on track. You got me with that comment you just made. Um, what we're going to do in this episode, and 
you know, we're recording this on a Friday night and I'm going to do the intro later. So I don't know what I've said in the intro at this point, but what we're going to do is go through some Bible passages that have to do with exercise. I, I mean, I was actually kind of surprised where um, you, whenever you, I noticed how many passages actually do refer to physical exercise. Yeah, it was pretty surprising. Um, so we're going to go through these passages and um, then we're going to, you know, we're going to comment on, them as, comment on them as we go along. And then we'd like to spend some time talking about the parallels between physical exercise and spiritual exercise. And we might even take a little bit of what we learned from these scriptures. But if you'd like to, and you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to them read scripture, um, <laughs> then I guess skip to the parallels. But uh, this is five-minute Bible study, so I do want to greatly encourage my audience to listen to the scripture reading. Uh, we're not just going to read the scripture. We're going to read it, and then we're going to comment on it, um, you know, chance kind of share what thoughts he has i'll share what thoughts i have so i don't think it'll be just a boring scripture reading um then again if you are bored of scripture reading you're probably on the wrong podcast i would say so <laughs> so uh anyways that's what we're gonna do i think it's gonna be really interesting i all the time i'm in the gym and i'm thinking how much there's whatever i'm doing how that's exactly like what i should be doing from a spiritual point of view or how it teaches me something about that yeah, I think a lot of times it it's like you're exercising your mind more than you're exercising the body, even when you're at the gym. And so I say, you know, we are exercising our minds when we're reading our scripture and meditating on it. That's exactly it. I mean, like when I'm when I'm on like my fourth set of squats yesterday, and I hate squats. I've always had now there's been like a small period of a year where I actually enjoyed squats. I don't know what changed, but normally I just hate it. And when you're on the fourth set, especially when you're doing high weight, say 80% of your body weight, man, that last set just takes everything out of me, and it's a real mental grind. I've got to just, I got to put on E.T. Thomas, like yelling motivational speech from YouTube into my ear to even get that last set done, or like Inky Johnson or something. I've really got to have some extra oomph. And I think about that because sometimes, I, you know, I don't feel like whatever spiritual discipline that I need to be about, I don't feel like doing it. And I got to have that same mindset. So that's, that's how I kind of relate physical exercise with that spiritual discipline. I think that's a very realistic view. I think anybody who exercises and works out and goes to the gym, they're going to have those days where they really just don't feel like going at all. And I think the same thing could be said about, you know, responsibilities or reading your scriptures, there's going to be days you're going to wake up and you just don't feel like doing it. But the disciplined thing to do is do it anyway. And, you know, I've had those experiences and I can always say, honestly, anytime I've went to the gym when I didn't feel like it or read my scripture when I didn't feel like it, I, I was glad that I did. Uh, you're already getting into our parallels. Well, <laughs> we better start the scripture then. Okay, yeah, let's just jump right into the scriptures and do what we said we were going to do. Um, so I came across, I just, what I did is, this is very, very simple Bible study here. There's nothing to this. I just Googled, what does the Bible say about physical exercise or something like that? And three of the passages that popped up, and I cannot remember the website that gave me this list of scriptures, but three of the passages that came up, they weren't really about physical exercise per se, like some of the other passages that we'll read, First um, Timothy chapter four and verse four and verse seven, Hebrews five and verse fourteen, and Hebrews twelve and verse eleven. All three of those verses use the same Greek word, and in the New King James, 
two places it's translated exercise or exercised. And in that last passage, it's, it's translated trained. So I was like, hmm, you know how it is with like a secondary language, English translating from the Greek. I'm like, did they capture that Greek word correctly? So I'm like, let me look that up. I go on to blueletterbible.org, which I recommend people using if you want to look up a word. It's pretty, it's free, it's easy to use. And they use Thayer's Greek-English lexicon, which is kind of an older lexicon. But the fir- there's two definitions for this word. And the first definition is to, I'm not making, I'm not, elaborating here this is what came out of the dictionary to exercise naked and i don't it it would seem like best i could tell uh, some extra biblical usage that that word was found to have in uh, non-biblical literature you know in the first century and roundabout um but in relation to these verses this was a definition to exercise vigorously in any way either the body or the mind and so it does seem to be a word that is a, you know that we would associate with physical exercise like running, lifting weights, all that kind of stuff and and does seem to have a place in this list of scripture reading along with passages that actually are talking about physical exercise as an analogy. So you want to go ahead and um, you want to read that first one for us and we'll just kind of take turns reading these. Yeah. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, but reject profane and old wives tales wives, fables, and exercise yourself toward godliness. Hebrews 5 verse 14 is very much the same kind of a statement, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And finally, Hebrews 12 and verse 11, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And really, it took me like two or three times reading that last passage that you just read, and that really speaks to what you were just saying. I mean, spot on. No chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. And that's exactly what you're feeling when you go to the gym and you're doing that four set of squats. It is painful. You're like, why am I putting myself willingly through this? I thought out of all three of those passages that Hebrews 12, 11 one was pretty pretty neat when you think about the parallels. Um, so I got one, two, three, four, five, five more passages. And these passages, they actually do, Paul is alluding to directly athletics of some kind. Sometimes running, sometimes um, he'll refer to weights. I don't know. We'll talk about that, whether or not he's talking about like 45-pound plates. Um, and then in one passage, depending on the translation, boxing, which is interesting. And maybe y'all know where we're going here. But let's just, let's just read through these, and we'll pause after each one and make a, a comment uh, as we see fit. First Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8 is probably the one that I've quoted the most in relation to this idea. Um, let's start at verse 7, though. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So I didn't really notice. I've always read verse 8 kind of in isolation in reference to the point he's making about bodily exercise. And, um, I mean, it's a very simple point. You can't really miss it. Today I read it, you know, verse 7 with it, and it kind of hit different a little bit. He says there, exercise yourself toward godliness. So he's using this word again, that the idea of 
uh, that Thayer says, exercising in a vigorous way, either your body or your mind. It, it, this is a actual, I guess you could say, athletic term. And he's saying, exercise in that way, but toward godliness. For, so there's some relation here, for bodily exercise, it does profit a little. And he's and he, that's the point I've always made. I think I originally heard that from Richard Bunner, but it's like, yeah, even Paul, an inspired apostle, is like, you should be going to the gym, man. <laughs> He's just saying, if you're really going to put in the time, you need to make sure that you're lifting those spiritual weights. I think maybe even more so, it's about what the exercise at the gym can teach you about exercise, exercising your mind towards godliness. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's right. I mean, everything that we've been saying, I think at first we start off talking about this topic and we're just kind of talking off the top of our heads and we're like... Yeah, this sounds good. That makes sense. But this is actually what the scriptures are teaching when you listen to these verses. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, it's pretty plain right here. So, um, Let's just go ahead and get into the next one. You want to read that one? Yeah. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics... He is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Any thoughts on that? Well, so in verse 5, and also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. You know, something that we think about a lot with exercise specifically is our form. And, you know, what happens if you're not doing doing your exercise correctly and you have bad form Generally speaking, you're going to end up getting injured. And I think, think the same thing can, can kind of happen with your scriptures and stuff. If you're not, if you're going around, you're cherry picking, doing stuff, you know, and not taking scripture in, in context, you can end up hurting yourself spiritually. I think he had to have been thinking of deadlifts in that passage. More than likely, more than likely. Um, an Olympic deadlift competition. Because, I mean, maybe some people don't know. You know, there are people on here that don't exercise. But um, just tell people about how easily you can get hurt doing deadlifts. Super easily. I'm actually right now, my brother-in-law, Jordan Calvert, he just started coming to the gym and working out with me. And that's one of the exercises that we're doing. And we spend a ton of time just making sure that his form's right, really lightweight right now, because that is one of the easiest exercises to get injured on. And I'm way more concerned right now with the form and technique than the weight. The weight will always come later. So Paul's saying here, again, just to reiterate the verse, um, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Okay, well, I think that was pretty, pretty uh, a good take. Let's go to the next passage, Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let's stop there real quick because I did. this is the passage about the weight. You know, I, I said it earlier. Was he talking about a 45-pound plate that you put on the bar? Um, you, had a, you had an interesting comment on this before we started recording, and why don't you share that with the audience? Yeah, so I think it'll be easiest if I go ahead and kind of finish out. Okay, yeah, my bad. And the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So I'm going to stop right there. But every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. I think right there, the weight is kind of talking more of an idea rather than a 45-pound weight of 
an individual who who has some weight to him, like think a bodybuilder. You you generally don't see bodybuilders running endurance races. Now they do have you know cross cross trainers who who do both. They try to, but at an Olympic level, like an elite elite time, you're not going to see a 250 pound guy running an elite marathon time. So what we're trying to do here is shed some of that excess weight or some of those excess sins that we have in our life so that we can run the race better and run with better endurance. Because if you go from 300 pounds of sin to 150 pounds of sin, it's going to be easier for you to continue the race and keep running and keep continue being faithful. So cutting out all that extra, all the, all the sin period to the best of your ability is always in your interest. And just well, another comment if you do have if you do have some sin rather than ki- continuing to carry that weight repent get rid of it like shed it off that's all if you if you repent of it and you're earnestly repenting just that's that weight is going to come right off you know so that's <clears throat> and you'll be able to continue the race better so that's a good idea first two he says looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the ju- mm, sorry who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So moving on to the next verse is 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for a prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. This is probably the most wholesome verse. Like the whole thing, he's talking about athletics. He talks about running there in verse 24. Um, he kind of carries that through into verse 26. And then one translation says about, like you just read it, thus I fight not as one who beats the air. I noticed this earlier today. There's uh, the New American Standard, the Christian Standard Bible, and some other translations say this. Verse 26, so I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Now, I didn't take the time up t- to see if that word box there, you know, is, is really what Paul means. But let's just um, go with that, you know. So you have boxing, running, and disciplining my body, verse 27. So you kind of have three different kind of unique analogies to exercise. This is why I think this verse really is kind of the most what I call wholesome verse as far as the verses that talk about exercise and its relation to spiritual discipline. This is also a verse that you guys that practice Little League ball nowadays, this is a direct assault against everybody gets a trophy. He just said, but one receives the prize. No more game balls to all 12 players on the ball team. This is unscriptural. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously, we got a bunch of heathens out here who have not read 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. Um, But that verse 26 and 27 really, and we're going to kind of say things on the parallels, that speaks so much to a lot of the parallels between these two exercises. I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection. But even before you get there, it says, therefore I run thus not with uncertainty. When you, when you become a Christian and you take that step, 
you take that plunge, some would say, you you know, or at least I hope you un- understand to some degree what you're getting into, and you understand that this is you're living for Jesus for the rest of your life. This is not a race that you want to begin with uncertainty. So That's we right. know our our goal, our objective is to serve Christ to the best of our ability. And so you shouldn't have any uncertainty about what your goal is. If you want to know what the goal is, you can go read the last chapter of Ecclesiastes and pretty close to the end, the last few verses, and you'll understand. Oh, a teaser. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys get off this podcast, start disciplining your body, and the first place you can start is go read Ecclesiastes, what Chance is saying. That's a good place to start. There's just so much in there. I love what he says there. Um, a lot of times our problem with sin is really a mental issue. And, and it's true in the gym too. I mean, the reason that you're not pushing yourself, the reason you're not making gains is probably because you're not pushing yourself. Well, we won't bring diet into it yet, but probably because you're not pushing yourself. And some people don't have that mental discipline. They haven't disciplined themselves enough to make a practice out of it. And, um, I mean, there are, I think, I think it's true. Some people have more proclivities to be a little more disciplined than others. Just maybe from the outset, I think a lot of that's nurture the way they were raised probably. Right. And family, I think that's a lot of it. Yes, for sure. Um, in fact, almost so much a major thing that I almost, uh, would say that's 95%. That's just my opinion. But anyways, I mean, a lot of the reasons we have problems with sin, it's not because like we're naturally depraved and we can't keep from sinning. That's not the problem. Um, scriptures reject that. It's not the fact that this sin is uncommon to man and I'm the only person that experiences it. We know that's not true. It's the fact that we're mentally weak a lot of times and we've not disciplined our bodies. Now, we can make excuses all we want and we can pet the issue, but that's a lot of times the reason I speak to myself here. Yeah. Um, before we get away from this, I want to pa- talk about the discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I think that's something that's extremely important. Uh, speaking on discipline your body, because <clears throat> like Aaron's saying, the whole reason he, we are even doing this podcast in the first place is because when we, I feel and Aaron feels the same way that when we're disciplined in our physical life, we're more disciplined in our spiritual life. So I think it's something that kind of feeds off one another. Oh, I totally believe. I mean, (laughs) I actually do recommend um, a lot of y'all know that I'm doing a newsletter coming up on the issue of pornography. And I talk to men about their pornography issues semi-frequently, pretty frequently. And one of the things I recommend to them is to actually physically exercise because one of the problems, one of the side effects of looking at pornography is that you get depressed because of the neurochemical um, highs and lows that you experience. And you can help reverse that state of depression by physically boosting yourself with exercise. I think. I mean, I think it's not an accident that we see all of these allusions to physical exercise and that it does profit a little because yeah. it does. Well, and something as far as me personally that I do to discipline my body, that's something that I definitely do not want to do. So I've been trying to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and start a new routine. Well, along with that, I also have been cold plunging. So... Ah, uh, cold plunger. <laughs> yeah. Well... 
it's on a whole nother level when you're getting up at four o'clock in the morning and doing it. You know, a midday plunge isn't too bad. It's nothing. I've been plunging for a while. But waking up, I guess it's something about just being cold first thing in the morning and going and hopping straight in there. It's just the last thing that I want to do. But I know once I've completed it that I'll feel better. And it helps me get myself I'm automatically awake after getting in this forty degree water. And I can basically start reading my Bible right after that and start processing the information pretty quick because I'm, I'm good and awake. I guess if you want to take this to the extreme, the ultimate discipline of the body, get up for, get up at four, sorry, jump in the cold plunge fast for 36 hours. And then what can we add on to that? Oh, yeah, of course, go work out and do five sets of every exercise. I cheat. I, I always do like the three usually. Um, yeah, do the five. I can't even think of what else you'd have to do. But that's that's a pretty that that's displaying the body, yeah. bringing it into subjection, making yourself do what you don't want to do because you know that it's good for you. If you if you want a good idea of what all you need to do, just go watch one of those influencers and their morning their morning routines that they oh, yeah. all do. Yeah. And then, you know, they don't start work till nine o'clock, but you need to have everything spiritually accomplished. Before, you know, you wake up at four and you have five hours to get everything done by nine o'clock and you feel super accomplished. Yeah, especially you people with kids. I mean, if y'all ain't getting up at 4 a.m., y'all ain't getting spiritually disciplined. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm joking a little bit, I, but I took that kind of, I'm going to, I think I am going to throw him out there at the end. Uh, he didn't say that to me the other day, but pretty much. And so, um, and, and Etienne's a pretty disciplined guy, I think. At least he, he gets it. Most definitely. Well, I mean, even coming back to me, like I was explaining to you, you were talking about earlier, like my gym, my personal gym attendance isn't perfect. Well, a big part of that is, you know, the changes that I've had in my life. I've gotten married. I have new responsibilities and stuff. And, you know, that kind of throws a wrench or wrenching everything, and you know, kind of punches you in the mouth, and it's like, okay, you know, you have something unexpected happen. Well, that's the perfect time to shut down and and not do what you're what you said you're going to do. Well, the same thing happens with our reading the Bible, and that's why I like to try to handle it first thing in the day. That's the best time, and then mm-hmm. not only that, but also it gives me time to meditate about it for the rest of the day, and I, I like that. I like I'm I would say. Um, Maybe I'm not the the greatest reader. I don't read the most every day, but something that I do practice is I'm I I read and I try to read it good and thoroughly, and then I meditate on it and pray about it too. You actually made me think of another parallel that I didn't have on my list, but I'm the same way. Like if I don't work out in the morning, I'm probably not going to work out. That's not always the case, but I try to work out around nine to ten when the gym's the emptiest because I don't like working out with the other people in there um, for various reasons. But yeah, if I don't get in there at nine or 10, I'm probably not getting in there. Same thing with my Bible. If I'm not reading my Bible, when I get up, go to my chair and read my Bible and drink my coffee, whatever, I'm probably not going to read my daily Bible reading. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of other variables come into factor. Things happen is, and that's the reason that I get up so early is because more people, more people are awake. Just, just throughout the world. So more variables are going on. Somebody might call you. They might only eat something. So if you just get it done and over with as early in the day. And I understand this is not a realistic thing for everybody. You know, it wasn't long ago. I was working second shift. 
So I went to bed about two in the morning, usually getting home from the gym and eating and everything. Then after that, you know, I tried to get up at eight. Sometimes it was more, it was closer to 10. So, you know, I would just get up and read my Bible when I, when I got, when I woke up. So, I mean, find something that works for you. I think that's something that's good for exercise and it's good for your spiritual routine as well. You know, don't, you don't have to copy exactly what me and Aaron do. Find something that's going to work for you that you can be consistent with and continue over time to do a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah, and um, I do. Want, I'm glad you said that because I do need to put this caveat out there. I'm, I do realize that I might can sound eccentric sometimes, uh, and I think I can speak for you too, especially when it comes to exercise. A little bit eccentric sometimes, and definitely not trying to say that there, this is a perfect mold that everybody needs to um, morph into. I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, and we were talking about exercise, and like I'm very structured. I think part of it has to do with I'm a man. Part of it has to do um, that I'm a baddie. Part of it has to do that I'm Aaron, but I like structure and I like routine. And when I don't exercise the same times of the day and anyway, she, my girlfriend does not. And she's like, just go with the flow and however she's feeling. And she's like, no, you know, you're a little bit too structured for me. And, and she's helped open my eyes that, yeah, not everybody's like me in a lot of ways. <laughs> and so you know, I guess it, it, it just got to be open-minded the fact if you get the work in, um, that's all that matters. I just know with me personally, uh, and probably with most dudes, routine is very important for me to actually accomplish what I'm wanting to accomplish. Yeah, some some wisdom that I've drew out of being married is I found out pretty quickly going to the gym that people are motivated differently. You know, when I'm in the gym, I like to especially when I'm working out with another guy, I like to hype each other up, you know, get loud and, you know, come on, you can do this. Well, you, you try that with your wife or your, or your girlfriend and they may not take to it quite, quite the same. I know the first couple of times me and Rachel went to the gym, she didn't really know what to expect. Even though I was saying motivating and encouraging things, the manner that I was saying them well, wasn't her absolute favorite. I just, the image came into my head of, you know, these parallels of like me sitting in my chair, reading my Bible, like reading through Matthew chapter four and you like over my shoulder, tell me one more verse, one more verse, push it, push it. <laughs> and uh, that would be pretty cool if we got like this Bible gym going and we had spotters and all that, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, last verse, and then we're going to get into these parallels. We've been putting it off long enough. Second Timothy 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the cold plunge. I have kept the faith. He actually says, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Um, so just one more verse. J just kind of caps it off that, yes, the, the Bible does uh, allude to, especially Paul, uh, and, and if Paul wrote Hebrews, which I don't know, but then he's really focused on that element. Well, I guess Paul, you know, if you could line up the 13 apostles by the time he came along, um, he had to have been like yoked. And Peter's over there just scrying a little dude, I guess, because Peter don't say nothing about exercise as far as I can tell. It's, it's potential. Yeah. Okay, so this episode ended up lasting a lot longer than we intended. I don't know if we got carried away, you could say, but this is going to be a part one and a part twoer. 
So look for, in about a week from now, part two to come out as we to start to discuss the parallels between physical exercise and spiritual exercise. I hope you enjoyed part one, and especially if you're kind of a, a new Christian or newer Christian, I really think this stuff is going to help you deal with some of the struggles that you, perhaps you experienced early on in your Christian walk. Until then, this has been the 5-Minute Bible Study Podcast.